You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. There's a, there's a lot in that for, for the rest of us that sometimes we can, we can overlook when we don't, when we don't realize that, that the Father sees us he loves us. He loves us all the same, though he he loves us uniquely. He he loves us all all at the same level, and he sees us all as as the same, yet individually at the same time. And so, the things that you saw today of what we were able to empower Owen and Nikki in, and show them that we believe in them. There's the it's a level playing field at the cross. Right? We have different positions, different anointings, different calls, yet he empowers us all with the, with the, same, the same sacrifice that Jesus made and the resurrection uh, that took place empowered all of humanity for everybody that's willing to say yes. And so what, in what way do you need to say yes or what way have you said yes that the Father wants to empower you and help you to step into more. There, there's, always, there's always more. And when I say more, I, I don't mean that if you're, you're called to disciple people that you're going to end up standing on stage in front of hundreds of thousands of people. It's, it's, not, it's not about that. It's about walking in a greater level of oneness with, with the Father and representing what the bride was always supposed to and is coming alive in in so many ways. It's, it's, about, it's about that. And there's always increase in, in that. There's always more transformation of my mind that needs to take place. In, in every season, I'm stretched and challenged in new ways that caused me to, that, that helped me to figure out that I, I need to transform my mind in a new way. To realize the oneness and realize the, the adventure that, men, that Jesus and I get to enjoy on a daily basis. That it's about each one of us changing the world around us by loving the next person that's in front of us. In whatever way that they need it. Sometimes it's a miracle. Sometimes it's a prophetic word. Sometimes it's listening. Sometimes it's a, it's a hug though you may have to be careful and, and ask more. <laughs> you, you may have to ask more permission now than you used to of getting a hug from somebody or it may need to be an air hug or, you know, somebody the other day, I don't I, what they did, they, they gave me an elbow. I'm like, that's the first time that's ever happened before. And it wasn't on the basketball court. And, you know, somebody was trying to box me out. But... <laughs> <laughs> But whatever, whatever it calls for, you are uniquely positioned in front of that person to love them exactly the way that they need it, and you have all that you need to do it. You, you have Him, right? You have Him. And I do want to quickly uh, encourage you with a little bit of time that we have left, and I want to just reinforce the things that I talked about on Wednesday night because... Because love looks like, as I was just saying, a lot of different ways. Love, 
love looks like a lot. And I want us to be a house, a family of people who know that we have what we need when we stand in front of any, any situation, whatever it is, that the Father's heart is reconciliation, that He's got love in His eyes and mercy on His mind all the time. He, we have been given the ministry of reconciliation, reconciling people back to the heart of the Father is so that they can step into everything that they were created for as you and I are learning. And we get to reciprocate, reciprocate that, get to, not have to. When it becomes a have to, then I need to check what, what's going on in, in, in here, in my mind. And, and for me, it comes to some different things when I, I've walked by people and felt like, no, I don't want to. Or I feel like I have to. And so, but the have-tos are getting fewer and far between, and everything is becoming a get-to. And so I want us to be a house that realizes that we have all those things, and that takes training and equipping. It's not, not only good encouraging messages that empower you, but you to realize, us to realize what we have through the Bible that's available to us, that's on the inside of every one of us by the power of the Holy Spirit. That we know what we have, that, that we know we're powerful people because of the power of the Holy Spirit in us. That we know that no matter what the situation calls for, that it is available to us to release into a moment. When you walk into the room, He walks into the room. We're one with Him. For a long time, the Christian life for me was me doing stuff for Jesus. It was exhausting. It was not very fruitful. It was a lot of things, but I didn't have a lot of fun, I'll tell you that. And then we come to this revelation of realizing, John 17, that the, the Father and I are one, just as Jesus and the Father were one when He is on the planet, and they are one now. And so living as one with Him, realizing that I am doing this with Him, Knowing that he wants to do these things more than I want him to have brought me the revelation that at any moment there's in anything is possible. Actually, anything is probable to take place that's in the realm of the miraculous. Our miraculous, God's normal, right? It's becoming our normal. To be normal, normal Christians. It's exciting. The normal Christian life looks like the book of Acts. It does. We've preached it since the beginning and we've learned that there are other things that coincide with showing people that the normal Christian life is the book of Acts. And the first thing is, is to teach people that it's really all about loving people. That when I'm praying for somebody in a moment for a miracle to take place, a healing to take place, an addiction to be broken, for the marriage to be reconciled, for for depression to go, for suicide to leave, for anxiety, for peace to come in place of it. Whatever it is that in that moment it is, it is to be compelled by love. That it is my responsibility to love them in this moment and his responsibility for the other stuff to take place. Is that even healing, though I get to, he, I get to release it, with him is all about that person encountering the love of the Father in a moment. And, and if you've heard my testimony, I've made ministry about a lot of different things. I've made it about the miracles. I've made it about getting accurate prophetic words. I've made it about preaching to people. I've made it about seeing people saved. 
I've made it about notches on the ministry belt, even though they were few and far between. It was not about loving people well. And so we're, we are learning that this is the sole purpose that we're on the, on the planet. In Romans 13, 8, it says, Owe no one anything except for a debt of love. Right? We can ar- argue over theology and, and different parts of it and how it's applied and, and all those things that, that have their place. But at the end of the day, I don't think Jesus is going to ask me any of those things when I, uh, when I get there. <laughs> I think he's really just going to, he's going to he's, he already knows, but he's looking for, for me to learn to love like him. And all that other stuff falls into place. Because when I become, when I become love, when I become healthy in my heart, you know what follows that? It's good theology. Because I begin to see the Bible the way, that he, the way that he intended for it to be seen, as one with him. And I quit trying to read it to win arguments and be right and have somebody else be wrong. I, I quit trying to win people over or catch them in, in, in some kind of trap that will hopefully win them to Jesus. But I actually begin to see through eyes of love the scriptures that come alive to me and in me, and then I get to show them what the living word looks like and not just what the written word says, right? I know it's alive, it's powerful and all those things, but the word was in the beginning, and in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, right? And so we're learning that this is our sole responsibility, is to show the world what he looks like in every single situation that regardless of what it calls for and regardless of what happens in a moment as long as when I walk away they know that the father loves them is all that matters to me it's all that matters to me we can line up the other things that matter I'll just guarantee this is that they don't matter most they may matter but they're not most important and it's all about me loving somebody in a moment into a place that they were created to be in in the first place. And, the, and it's the exact same thing that he did to me. It's, it's, it's baffling to me how I could be loved into wholeness, how I could be loved into freedom, how I could be loved into being a son ultimately, and then after that make it about religion. He loved me into freedom and then I made it about something that was never supposed to be because religion is something that's learned. It's traditions of men. It's the only thing that nullifies the power of God according to Mark 7, 13. It's religion. Traditions of men, they're the same thing. I talked about it on Wednesday night. Is that there's some things that will block us from walking in the miraculous. The miraculous includes physical healing it includes deliverance from demonic powers and the things that we're not supposed to be under bondage to Uh, it it includes the greatest miracle of seeing people one to Jesus and them not just saying a prayer but actually getting born in uh, born again by incorruptible seed into a new nature as a son or daughter so that they can walk in everything that he predestined them to walk in before the foundation of the world It's not about just getting them to say a prayer. It's about them becoming somebody. It's about them knowing the one who loves them and loved them before the foundation of the world. It's about them encountering love in a moment that changes their life for all of eternity. It's not about saying a prayer. 
He's changing the way we think. He's changing the way we do life, and therefore He's changing the way that we do ministry because we're learning to do it with Him. So there are certain things that will block us from walking in our new nature as love and as miracle-working people, and one of those things is the traditions of men. And so this is a prayer I would challenge you to pray. God, is there any religion uh, slash traditions of men that I have picked up that I am still practicing in my life that are nullifying or avoiding the power of God to come through me, to come to me, for me to demonstrate what you look like as love? Are there any skewed views that I, I think love looks like something that it really doesn't look like? Because I've been there too, right? I'm like, tell them hard truth. Let them have it. That's love. You know what? Hard truth. Uh, it's just truth. It doesn't have to be hard truth. It's just the Bible, right? Sometimes it feels hard to us because that's the way we're living. And then I, I, read, the, I read the Bible or somebody tells it to me and then I'm like, oh, that's painful. It just, it only hurts for a moment. Just let it hurt for a moment, right? When the issue isn't settled in my heart, that's when it rubs me the wrong way. Before salvation, somebody talked to you about Jesus, rubbed you the wrong way, didn't it? because the issue wasn't settled yeah walking in in the miraculous rubs us the wrong way walking in healing that, that healing is part of my new nature if it rubs us the wrong way it's because the issue isn't settled that's okay he can settle it in a moment and one of those things that, that block us one other thing besides the traditions of men are that we've had bad teaching i'm re, i'm re, um, reviewing some of wednesday night is that we've had bad teaching by good people Bad teaching by good people, uh, disappointments that we've faced in life where we haven't seen something happen that we've, we've prayed for. God can take care of all of that. But the very DNA that we have on the inside of us is the DNA of a miracle worker. We are bent towards the miraculous unless those other things have happened in our life. Traditions of men... Bad teaching by good people where they've taught us away from miracles. I'll tell you this. If God is still saving souls, he's still healing bodies. If he's still saving souls, he's still driving demons out of people's life. If he's still saving souls, he's still raising the dead. He's still multiplying food. He's still doing financial miracles. He's still giving prophetic words to people. He's still doing signs and wonders. He's doing all those things, and he's going to continue to do them until this thing's wrapped up and over with, and Jesus comes on, and then we won't need that stuff. And I talked about it on Wednesday night. Some of the things I have been very careful not to point the finger at other people other bad teachings, and, and even on Wednesday night, I'm not saying there isn't a time and place for some of that stuff, but even on Wednesday, I did not mention any particular denominations or any particular Christians who teach those things that I talked about that are actually erroneous doctrine. It comes out of 1 Corinthians 13 uh, when they talk about when that which is complete comes, that which is in part will be done away with, and they're talking about spiritual gifts. And when Jesus said, when it is finished on the cross, they talked that that was a new dispensation of grace. And the last apostle that was on the planet was the last one that was to operate uh, in the gifts of the Spirit. Both those I, I talked about on Wednesday night. I, won't, I just wanted to mention this, is that there's a certain grace that people get to step into 
to point those things out, and it's not for everybody to run around saying, you're wrong because you believe this, and I'm right because I believe this. That is divisive in the body of Christ. That, that is not going to bring us closer to people, because even people that I don't agree with and we don't believe the same, I still have, I still have good relationship with. And it's because we stay away from the topics that we don't agree on. I, I, it, it baffles my mind is, is that why I would ever want to, when I get around a person I know believes a particular way, bring up that particular topic so that we can disagree further on it. That, that is not fruitful. So when I did that on Wednesday night, it was because I really feel a deep conviction and a grace from the Lord to confront some of these things so that we have sound biblical doctrine and you guys know that there are other things out there that teach op uh, are in opposition to the things that we teach out of the Bible. If you've been around very long, you've heard a lot of them, right? And so we want to be clear on the things that we teach and for the things that you have questions about, we want you to ask them. We want you to ask them. And so all of that, I, I, I say, so that you know that you were created to walk in miracles. And everything that you've received, you have permission and authority to release. And one of those things is you've received wholeness. The Prince of Peace lives on the inside of you, right? The Prince of Shalom, right? Nothing missing, nothing lacking. Wholeness, healing, provision destroys the spirit of chaos or the authority that chaos thinks it has. All of that lives on the inside of us because of shalom in there. I could touch on a whole lot of other things, but that word and the amount of time we have is really all that I need. Because I want you to know that just as when we talk about forgiveness, that when you and I receive forgiveness, we have enough forgiveness to release to every person will ever need to forgive regardless of how many times we need to forgive them. I have enough grace to to give to all those that I'll encounter until I leave the planet. And also, with that, what we have received from the Spirit of God in the realm of shalom or peace, that we have all that we need to release whatever any situation calls for. That it's, it's in there. And the only disconnect is what I believe right here. Because what I believe will either... Uh, help me to release more of what's available to me and what Jesus has placed in here, or it will prevent me from releasing what Jesus wants to do from the inside of every son and every, every daughter. It's in there. It's already in there. And then what takes place is the more that I believe that, the more that my mind agrees with what heaven has already authorized since the cross. He's empowered us and set us up to deal with the darkness that has come upon the earth and release light in its place to, to bring the brokenhearted wholeness, to bring those that are bound up freedom, to bring people's bodies that need healing, the, the medicine of heaven so that they can become Whole also in body as he wants them whole in spirit and in soul. 
it's mental. It's, uh, we, we said this the, the other day. I was talking to somebody, and they, they were talking about how somebody had experienced love or was experiencing love. Their family was experiencing love as they were praying for uh, a physical condition to be healed. And the physical condition hadn't been healed yet, but the family was experiencing love. And I said, you know, it's always about more than the physical healing. I've seen people not get healed and, and then encounter love, and it changed their life. I don't understand the, the why or why not to any of those things. But I know when my motivation is the right thing, and my motivation is love, then they will encounter the person who is love. And so now we get to actually walk in a greater level of the miraculous, I believe, than we ever have before. Because there's, there's a grace that's available to us. And I believe it's been available since the cross. But sometimes it's like there's a heightened awareness to certain things. And he says, he's inviting us in to more. And he's, he's bringing us the revelation that it doesn't matter how long we've been doing this. It doesn't matter at what level of education we have or how old or how young we are or how long we've been a Christian. He wants us to know that we can step into the fullness of what he has for us in this season right now. We'll be militant in coming against our thinking and the things that oppose what he already says we have. It's, it's, it's don't, get, I, I don't, don't do what I did and, and, and get overwhelmed with the amount of things that you may or may not believe are, are accurate in your thinking at the moment. It's one thought. Let, let turn your, this is what we're doing. We're turning our warfare guns on our thinking. Because I don't believe that the devil is the biggest problem in, in my life. I believe that my thinking is. Because what I think like Jesus, not only believe in Jesus, is that I see the devil for who he is, which is somebody who has no authority on the planet, and he doesn't deserve my time or attention except for when it's necessary to put him in his place. Because it's the right and authority of every son and daughter of God. It's not arrogant or, or in, in any way or, or being boastful. It's just part of our inheritance. Is that what you were set up to bring the earth back under the dominion of heaven because it's the way the Father planned it. Isn't it beautiful that we get to be a part of this with Him? He could have done this thing a thousand different ways, right? <laughs> he, did, he didn't have to, by any stretch of the imagination, use our finite beings <laughs> to bring a, heaven to earth and, and see Jesus get His full reward. But it's, it's still somewhat of a mystery to me of why he would, other than the fact that he loves, he loves his creation. He loves his creation. And so there's a miracle worker on the inside of you that, that is, is ready to be released into every situation. And so I talked about, when, I talked about healing on Wednesday night. I'm going to wrap up with a couple testimonies and we'll pray for some folks and, and let you get out of here um, but we want to make sure that before you go, you get empowered to walk in more. Because just having Sunday service is not attractive to me. Just having church on Sunday where, where we're not training, equipping, and encountering the Lord is, is I, I, I don't have interest in it. 
I don't have, I don't have interest in it because I, I just didn't sign up for that. I didn't sign up just to be a churchgoer, and neither did you. <laughs> Jesus taught us that it's not about putting people in seats. I'm not saying that's not important, but it's about empowering those people that are in those seats. And that the hungry will get hungrier, and those that aren't hungry, hopefully there'll be hunger that's sparked in them when they, when they become jealous in a good way over the things they see others walking in and know it's available to them too. Isn't that beautiful? That we, the invitation is for, for everyone. If it's for me, it's definitely for you. <laughs> when you feel the least qualified, he, he's, he's said, yes, that's, that's just not true. It's just not true. And so I talked about physical healing on Wednesday night because it's one of the most profound ways that I, I feel like I get the privilege of showing others that he loves them. And it's one of those things that I already said that it gets to the heart of people when they encounter that. And it's paid for at the cross. If you haven't listened to Wednesday night, please go back. I don't have time to rehash all the theology behind it. In Isaiah 53, 1 Peter 2.24, I talked about Psalms 107.20. I talked about Psalms 103. I, I talked about Jesus in Matthew 10.8 fulfilling uh, what, G, what Isaiah had prophesied when they, he healed all that came to him. Um, there's a scripture in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, that says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Right? You remember what he said at the end of Matthew 28 when Jesus commissioned the disciples? The commissioning that comes to us too, to disciple nations. He said, lo, I'm with you always to the end of the age, or to the ends of the earth. I'm with you always. So deductive reasoning tells me <laughs> that I look at, I'm like, okay, Jesus did this. I see it in the Bible. Jesus did this. I see him talk about it in Acts 10, 38 and other places. What did he have? He had a relationship with the Father. He, he had the Holy Spirit, and God was with him. What do I have? I have a relationship with the Father. I have the Holy Spirit, and God's with me. I'm like, yes, I've got all I need. You're like, take the class, do the school, do all that stuff, get more educated. Please do all that. I encourage you, wherever God leads you to go, don't just do it to do it. Do it if God says, or if you're compelled to, or if one of your mentors or spiritual parents says, this is a good idea. I believe that if you say yes, it seems good to us and the Holy Spirit, step into it. But realize that having relationship with the Father and the Holy Spirit and God being with us is all I, I need in this moment. Everything else will follow. I have what I need to see people get what they need at any moment that I, I get to partner with Jesus. And in the realm of healing, you have what you need. You have what you need. You want to see more people healed? Pray for more people. <laughs> Early on, I'm like, I'm not, you know, I didn't pray for very many people, didn't see very many healings. And then somebody said that. They said, well, if you want to see more people healed, pray for more people. I thought, that's genius. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Like, don't make it complicated for me, right? That's as easy as it gets. 
Just step out and pray for more people. And then, what I don't do is allow my experience to trump what the Word of God says. Experience is not a deal breaker, but it does prevent me from walking in what He says I can. And so every time I don't see it, it's just a little bit of practical for you for, for my life. Every time I don't see something happen that I know Jesus paid for, I don't get all messed up about it anymore. I used to. I don't get all messed up about it. I put it in the mystery box. I, I let God have it. And then I go back to the Word of God. In scriptures like Mark 16, says you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It doesn't say you, you'll lay hands on the sick and then they might recover. Or you'll lay hands on the sick and some will recover. I can show you countless scriptures that I'm not building a theology off one passage. I'm building a theology off the Bible. Line upon line and precept upon precept. And ultimately off his nature. And so I go back to the word of God and I say, what's it say here? And I take my experience and I put it underneath the word of God and I allow the word of God to trump it. <laughs> and then I go back out and I do the same thing. Whether it be in here or, or in my house or in a situation on the streets, that's the way that I have to live to continue to walk in this. Because if I allow my experience to trump the word of God, I'm going to be a mess. I've been a mess. I know what it looks like to, for me to be tossed back and forth over things that I believe or don't believe until I got solidified through intimacy in the Word of God, knowing the truth, not only memorizing Scripture. That's important. But truth is a person. All right? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so I spend time with him, allowing him to love me because I found out it's one of the most profound and important things I can do. Finding out that I'm worth love, finding out that I'm worth love has been the selfless, most selfless thing I've ever done. Being able to look myself in the mirror and say, I love you. It, it was far harder than me saying, I love God. Come on, that's easy. We sing it, we declare it, we read it, we, we chant it, we wear t-shirts and get bumper stickers. That's all amazing. But can I look in the mirror and say, I love that person that's looking back at me? Or does my mind go to all those things that are still wrong in my life and where I fall short and, and all the things that, what, the list I've got, right? I'd encourage you to get rid of the list because he doesn't have one when he looks at you. Love in his eyes and mercy on his mind who the father is i see him through jesus i know what he looks like i know him he's great <laughs> it didn't happen overnight i'm not telling you that it did it took time some of you walked on this journey with me for years you've seen it you've seen different seasons of my life you've seen you me preach burn out you've seen me not release a whole lot of hope and the thing that has changed in me that you've watched change has been realizing that I'm worth his love. We can, we can split hairs over deserving and worth. I know what I deserve. We're not going there. But I know what I'm worth. I know what I deserve, but through Jesus, I know what I'm worth. It's changed my life. I have people asking me now that have been in ministry longer than I have. They say, I, don't, I thought I loved people well, but I just got around you, and I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just don't know. Like, man, it ain't complicated. I'll tell you that. 
It is not. <laughs> For all of you that were cringing at the grammatical error there. <laughs> but, it, but it ain't difficult. It isn't. Spend time with him. Let him love on me. Absorb the truth as I'm spending time with the, tr the one who is truth. I'm telling you, we've seen some, some wild things over the years. I was just in Coffee House 5 down in Franklin uh, the other day. I've been in there twice since they changed it. It's a whole lot nicer than what it was when we were all rocking out and uh, encountering Jesus in that building, right? I'm like, man, wish we'd have done this to it. But uh, I know it would have been a lot of money and it, all that. And it just, the building wasn't in very good shape, but somebody evidently had the money to put into it. And they've made the place beautiful before Coffee House 5 got into it, but they, they still have the stage there. And I just walked up on the steps of that stage, and I remembered, I remembered the miracles I've seen. I remember how my life was changed in that place. It's been, been eight years ago. Eight, eight, you know, seven, eight years ago. It was eight years ago when we first got there. It was seven years ago before we launched this thing, and and, and they supported us. And I, I was thinking about the miracles we'd seen in the building because in 2013 was the first time I ever really preached the kingdom. I, I'd preached a lot of things, but I'd never preached the kingdom. And God has given me a revelation out of Romans chapter, Matthew 6, the prayer that says, um, you know, on earth as it is in heaven, let your, you know, let your will be done, let your kingdom come. Uh, God was, he was showing me those things. He was teaching me uh, out of those particular passages in, in Romans 8 and, and Matthew 6 and, and through the Gospels. And, and I like, I knew nothing, but I was really excited about what I didn't know and, and what, I, what I thought I was seeing. And, and this is what I did, is that I would, I would preach my understanding of kingdom and then I would ask people to, uh, at this time, who knows Charles and Francis Hunter? Knows of them, they're in heaven now. The Happy Hunters, they had one of the most profound, uh, impactful uh, ministries of healing that have ever taken place in the world. They did one of the best jobs of empowering others and showing them that everybody can walk in, in healing ministry. They still have videos on YouTube, hours and hours and hours of teaching. They're great. And so I was reading a book because Bob, Mom had, had sent me a book, and I, I had already read it, and I was remembering the things that I'd learned in it. And one of the things, uh, people uh, hold their arms out in front of them to see if their back was misaligned. Because, uh, you know, I really didn't know what else to do. I really was, I wasn't walking in words of knowledge at that time. I was, I was hopeful for words of knowledge, but there just wasn't any level of it. And there was this young, one young man who had, it was when we were having baptism. He came, I think, to watch somebody else get baptized. None of us knew he wasn't saved. And I, I got to, to preach that night. And well, I had people measure their arms. And I may have you do it here in a minute just to see miracles happen. And it was one of the first things. It's near and dear to my heart. I, I've had people make fun of me for it. I've had people make fun of me while I was preaching and doing it in places. Uh, don't feel sorry for me. It's okay. It's just part of the journey of finding out that we, I thought we just all believed in miracles. It was, remember I wasn't raised in church. I was naive to, enough to think that we all just believed, believed the gospel. And uh, I, I found out part of it I didn't believe and then started to learn, you know, what I should believe. 
And so there's lots of grace for those particular areas for me. Um, Because I know what it's like to not know what you believe. I know what it's like to not be sure of what you believe. I know what it's like to be so wrecked with disappointment that you just don't want to believe. But there's a way out. He's offering his hand today for a way out of that place. He really is. He, he, doesn't, he didn't create us to be wrecked with disappointment and live in that place of, of being depressed and not wanting to get out of bed and, and just feeling shameful and, and being all those things that he never created us to be. The weight of the world. I know I've been, I've been that way since I've been in ministry. You've heard my story. Depressed, suicidal, burnt out, messed up. <laughs> I, I tell my story openly so that you can get breakthrough privately or publicly, however he sees fit, whatever you're willing for. But that young man that night responded to that particular thing that may look ridiculous to others. He had a misalignment in his upper back. That's how you can tell. If you hold your hands out in front of your nose, one of your arms will be shorter than the other. I have him come up, and I have him stand in front of everybody so they can see that one of his arms are misaligned. I had somebody come pray for him. I don't remember who it was. Maybe I prayed for him. At that point in time, I really wanted to see the miracles more than I wanted to empower others because I hadn't seen any. <laughs> you know, I was just excited. And so I, I had him stand up there, and, and, and I, I think I did pray for him, and, and his arm shifts out. You know, it's one of those moments where I'm as surprised or maybe more surprised than he was. And, and when you watch something like that happen, it's almost, almost impossible for it not to change your life. And then he gives his life to Jesus, he gets baptized, so he got healed, got saved, got baptized, and we took him in the, in the back room, and, and some young men wanted to pray for him to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They're like, let's pray for him. I was like, yes, and they all got their eyes closed, and you know, they're, they're praying, and, and he starts to pray in this slow, slurred tongue, and they're like, he's got it. And I'm like, I don't think he's got it. <laughs> I think I know what he's got. <laughs> he's got a demon. He's got, it's got to go. And, and we had him come too because his eyes had rolled back in his head and he was manifesting a demon. It was just a, a perversion of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I said, hey man, have you made any covenants or oaths or anything like that with you know, witchcraft or uh, satanic cults or anything? And he said, yeah, I, um, I actually made a deal with the devil uh, that I would give him, I would sell him my soul for a skateboard trick. Real life, real story. I thought, man, that had to have been a really good, really good. That's better than a, a kickflip, you know what I mean? It was like, I, I don't know what it was that he got out of that deal, uh, but it wasn't good enough. And, and the, I said, the good news is, is that your soul didn't, didn't belong to you to sell. <laughs> And Jesus set him free right there, and he got baptized in the Holy Spirit. It was, it was just a powerful, beautiful moment that came out of a, a healing and led to the greatest healing. I didn't know anything. I just knew to do something. I had watched somebody else. I had read a book and, and saw what they had done. I'd watched some videos, and, and I just tried it, right? I tried it. I was willing. I heard Bishop Joseph Garlington say something. We were Voice of the Apostles uh, a couple weeks ago in Woodbridge, Virginia. And he said, you won't see the miraculous unless you're willing to look ridiculous. Are you willing to look ridiculous? I've not always been willing to look real ridiculous. I've been willing to look a little ridiculous. But, you know, (laughs) dead people just don't care. So when you die to self, and uh, 
It just doesn't matter. You don't care what people think, right? Their opinion has no bearing on you. When it still does, I just need to die a little more. That's all. Just die a little more to self. So in that, that miracle, seeing that miracle happen, led us to believe that we could see any miracle happen. Regardless of, of the way you view it or the way you may see it, it led us to a place of seeing now hundreds and hundreds of people get, get physically healed. We've seen Jesus do so many ridiculous things, and He does every week. We saw a woman right back there that her leg was shorter than the other, and you know why? Because she had an inch of missing bone. Wasn't a hip problem. She had an inch of missing bone because when they had put uh, a hip replacement, there were things they had done in surgery, and she told me, she said, I got an inch of missing bone in my leg. And I'm like, yeah, I've never seen this before. And so we hold her legs out, and that fast, Jesus grew her bone out. An inch of missing bone. So what became alignment issues started to become creative miracles, right? Because we all got to start somewhere. And regardless of where you're at in your thinking at the moment, there's, let me tell you this, is that faith isn't a feeling. Faith is not an emotion. Praying louder or harder or longer or, or more demonstrative is not a sign of faith. <laughs> it's just excitement. Sometimes a little fear. <laughs> At least it was for me. But faith is an action word. If you step out and pray for somebody, that means you've got faith. If you've even thought it in your mind, you've already crossed, crossed what Kevin Dedman calls the chicken line. If you've thought about praying for somebody for a miracle, in your mind, you've, you're forever ruined. You'll never be the same. It's too late. You can't go back. You've crossed over into a place that you were created to live from. I remember, I'll, I'll close with this, but I remember praying for a young, a young man in the movie theater. We were there a couple, we did Nathan and Rocio's wedding, and we went there after that, what has been two years ago, uh, two Christmases ago. Um, Dr. Susan was there. It was, it was a beautiful time. We wanted to go see a movie late that night because we like movies. And, and I walk into the movie theater, and I'm tired, right? I'm, 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 I'm not feeling it. And there's this young man who had torn two tendons in his shoulder playing football. And I walked over to him, though somewhat reluctantly, out of what I felt was my Christian duty. And, and I asked him if I could pray for him. He told me the injury. He had level 10 pain. He, it, it was excruciating. And, and I prayed for him in what some of you would have called a prayer of faith, right? Because The reason I say a prayer of faith, because in my mind there was doubt. Because I allowed the way I felt flow over into my thinking. And so I thought, this probably isn't going to happen, but I'm going to pray anyway. <laughs> Remember, faith's an action word, not the way that I feel. Lindsay and I came back three days later to go to the movies. This young man didn't have his brace on anymore. I said, hey man, his name was Jalen. <laughs> Let me tell you that people aren't just testimonies. They got names. God cares about every one of them. David Wagner challenged me in that. God told him, 
I said, don't tell the testimony if you can't remember the name. I still got some testimonies of, of names that I don't remember, but since then I've learned that people are what it's about. When it's not just a testimony, I'm not saying you can't forget a name. I've forgotten maybe as many as I've remembered. <laughs> but I asked Jalen that night, I said, hey man, where's your brace? He said, don't need it. Woke up two days later. Don't have any pain anymore. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, in spite of me, again. In spite of me, again. So no matter where you're at right now and how you feel or in your thinking, there's a miracle worker on the inside of you. It's got something for every situation. So I just feel like there's an activation in our thinking that's going to take place today. I do feel like some folks are going to get healed too. I feel like there's just healing that's being released in the room right now. I feel like there's healing at a heart level. There's healing that's happening in bodies. If you come in with pain, just agreeing, just believing right now that there's there's healing that's entering in wherever you need it. In your emotions, in your mind, in your body, it's coming in there. And most of all, I felt like when I was talking that there was bubbles being busted around the room in a real good way of realizing what's available to you as sons and daughters. I tell my stories, my testimonies, my mistakes, the victories that seem to be defeats so that you realize it's an invitation into something more than any of us have even scratched the surface of. So if you would, stand to your feet. Hold out your hands if you're, if you're hungry for more. Just hold them out like you were ready to receive a gift. Oh, you guys are measuring your arms. You guys can do that. You guys want to do that? Go ahead, do that. Hold out your arms in front of your nose like this. You watch me. And then have your neighbor check and say, one of your arms shorter than the other. Who, who's, who's got one shorter than the other? Raise your hand. We got one right here. Anybody else? Who <laughs> just wants to be a part of it? That's, all, that's amazing. Anybody else? We got one right here. Y'all got... quarter of an inch. Well, what I'm going to do is have, have hold, hold up your arms and have the person next to you pray for you. And this is, you're going to pray something. This is what I want you to pray. We hold your arms out. Just, just pray this in the name of Jesus. Back be healed, arm grow. Watch what happens. Thanks, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Thanks, Jesus, for what you're doing. You see it happening? Yeah? Isn't that amazing? Is it, is it even? Is it? Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Come on. Yes, it's celebration. It's always, remember what you celebrate is what you set yourself up to see. Ha, ha, ha.
Yes, Jesus. Come on. He's good. Somebody else? We got somebody back there in the back? No? Uh-uh. Okay. So, <laughs> I wouldn't plan on that. Somebody else planned it for me. Thanks, Stephen. You held your arms out like that. It prompted me to think, well, let's do it. It was a word of knowledge. <laughs> My favorite kind. So if you would just hold your hands out in front of you like you're receiving a gift. I believe the impartation of a new area of mind renewal is happening right now in the room. The Holy Spirit has come to activate the mind of Christ on the inside of us in new ways. For everybody that's watching, this is for you too. I thank you, Father, for what you're doing. I thank you for the DNA of the miracle worker that's on the inside of us. I thank you that you have set us up to see the miraculous on a daily basis in our lives. I thank you, Lord, that you have created us to be miracle workers, to release signs and wonders, to be a miracle to the people around us. And I thank you that the resurrection power of Jesus is in there. It's on the inside of every person that's watching. And so I pray right now, if there be anything that's preventing in our thinking, that you would, you would remove it, that you would overhaul it, that you would give us breakthrough in that area. If there's experiences, if there's disappointments, if there's bad teaching by good people that's, that's in the way, we ask that you'd give us breakthrough in those places. Just feel like I just feel like he's healing a heart. I really do. I feel like there's healing happening for a heart right now. I thank you, Father, for healing the hearts. Thank you for healing hearts in the room and online. I thank you for healing hearts right now. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for healing hearts. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you're bringing to our, our minds, the revelation that you're giving us that we need in this moment. For each one of us, it, it may be something different. I feel like Holy Spirit is... He's showing us. He's leading us into all truth, just like He is assigned to do. He's teaching us. He's correcting things. He's situating things, moving things around. Giving us hope. I feel like He's releasing truth that's giving us hope that we were made for this. That's part of what we signed up to do. It's part of what, it's one of the get-tos. We get to see miracles happen. We get to be a miracle and see miracles happen. So I thank you, Father, that you're, you're making miracles as you're connecting things inside of our hearts and our emotions that need to be connected and healed. And I thank you that you are showing us that we're created to operate out of the realm of the miraculous on a daily basis and not go in and out of it, but to live from that realm.
in the spirit realm as one with you, the miracle worker. I thank you for the oneness that's being created in this family. I thank you for people that are willing to pursue becoming love as they're becoming one. I thank you, Father, for people that are an example of what intimacy looks like in their daily life. I thank you for people that have counted the cost and are willing to go after everything that Jesus paid for. Thank you. Thank you that I get to be a part of such an incredible family. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you for the body, the bride that we get to join in with all over the planet. That you're doing the same things. We thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you that your bride is alive, 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 alive. Oh, thank you. Thank you. There's a prayer team. Have you guys come? I felt like there was people in the room that he was he was dusting off the gifts. He's dusting off the gifts. Gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. I feel like that he's some things that you thought you moved past. The seasons changed. I feel like he's bringing the gifts to light even in new ways in the new season that you're in. And he's going to show you different ways to operate out of those particular gifts to show people what he looks like and to help disciple others and train and equip others because it's part of what what you're called to and created for. So if you need prayer for anything, you need more physical healing. Was there anybody in the room that could say you needed physical healing and you got it? You got something happened? <laughs> something else. He was ready to raise his hand for something. Armando's just excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jesus. Thank you. So if you need healing, any more healing in your body, if you need breakthrough, you want somebody to partner with you in prayer, we got people up here waiting to pray with you. Thanks for hanging out with us on this this very, very special day because of getting to ordain, ordain Owen and Nikki and <laughs> see them step into more. Man, I'm excited about what this is going to bring to you guys' lives. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We love you guys. We bless everything that God's doing in you, everything that he's doing through you. We celebrate you with heaven. and Go out this week and see what happens. Take a risk. All right, whatever's a risk for you, not what's a risk for me. Doesn't mean you got to pray for somebody you don't know. Right? Just love on somebody. Sometimes that feels like a risk, right? Whatever love looks like in that situation, love on somebody. You may be surprised at what happens. <laughs> we love you. We believe in you. You guys have an amazing day.
Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.